is Eddie C, and welcome to my positive podcast. I'll bring you positive stories of people from all walks of life, because everyone has a story to tell. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to MPP, my positive podcast. I'm your host, Eddie C, and this is episode five. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in each week, following my guests, listening to their stories. And you know, I always believe everyone has a story to tell. I've got three unique guests here this week as well. One is an environmental expert and has a lot of hobbies to fill up the rest of her time. I also have a buddy of mine who's a fantastic photographer, but he's done several different jobs in his life, and he's also a writer. And my third guest is a a multi-talented musician who plays funky music to classical music. So if you're curious to know their stories, stay tuned to My Positive Podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to open up the show with my first guest. She's a wonderful person. Uh, Once you get to know her, she, she loves singing. She loves dancing. She uh, loves music, uh, especially pop music. And uh, she's a massage therapist, uh, spiritual minded, great cook. Please welcome my first guest, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Martine the Prince. Hi, how are you doing, my dear? I'm doing fine, Eddie. Thank you very much. Great. It's wonderful to have you on the show. And um, I know your your main job uh, has always been an environmentalist expert, huh? You're very much into nature. I know that as well, outside of your hobbies with your music, your dance and massage and the whole spiritual thing. Quite a busy agenda you have. Can you tell a little bit more to our audience about yourself and actually how you got involved as an uh, an environmentalist uh, expert? Well, in fact, it was by coincidence that I uh, became involved in the waste management because uh, in the 80s, I studied uh, chemistry Mm -hmm. and uh, it was the purpose to work in a laboratory. And then I uh, started looking for a job. But in the end of the 80s, our country suffered from an economic crisis and there was not that much work. But there was one industry which was growing enormously, and that was the waste management business. As the legislation was changing fundamentally, uh, as so far, most of the waste was put on landfill. And only for hazardous waste, there was some incineration on boats on sea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then uh, during the 30 years I worked in this sector, there came a lot of new European legislations, uh, which uh, makes that uh, waste needed to be segregated. So it couldn't be put on landfill anymore as it was as a mix. Uh, So it should be segregated at source. Um, There there was the government who was asking more and more reportings on sustainable production. So which means less waste production uh, new legislations on waste removal, uh, following the ladder of Lansing. That's that's an item, uh, something very specific for the waste management industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it means that waste should be um, prevented as far as possible during the production process. If that is not possible, it needs to be reused. If that is not possible, there is recycling. And then 
ground that is incineration and at the end the landfill so the less waste on landfill the better right right so which meant that there were a lot of new companies on the markets which were coming up uh, certainly for the recycling of waste not only for plastics or cardboards but also for instance for uh, solvents mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and hazardous waste out of uh, chemical or pharmaceutical industries uh, there came also a physical chemical treatment of hazardous waste, like dewatering or removing the hazardous substance by chemical reactions. Right. There came more and more incineration facilities on land for both hazardous and non-hazardous waste. And I've seen the development of all these things during the last 30 years. And it was a, a great job to do to see uh, how things evolve to so, to save our planet, in fact. Right, right. And yeah. and, 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 and that whole process, um, because it's just quite an interesting subject, I think, uh, and, and very interesting to know a bit, to tell our listeners a little bit more, The your involvement in it was the whole development of, of a part of the managing of how it was organized or... Uh, can you, yeah, can you, I, I, in fact, I was a technical sales advisor in the waste management industry, uh, which means that as the new legislation evolved as it did, mm -hmm. more companies were asking for waste management guidance. Okay, so you had a lot of companies asking for the guidance and that, yeah. of course, expanded expanded your, let's say, your possibilities within the company as well. Yeah, for oh. sure. So we worked on total waste management. So thinking with the companies on prevention or reuse of waste, uh, also on the internal collection of waste, because that can also be a big issue. If, for instance, you think about the automotive industry, there is so much pack packaging waste, uh, which, which is uh, produced there uh, every day. It needs to be collected internally, gone to a container park or, or yeah. We brought it to a container park internally, where mm -hmm. it was gathered to, to, to send it to uh, to recycling companies. Right. So, yeah, when there was a lot of thinking about how it could be done the most cost-effective and environmental-friendly way. Right. Well, you know, once again, you know, people like you are, you're doing stuff behind the scenes and that people don't really realize we take a lot of things and waste is one thing I think most people take for granted uh, mm -hmm. because, I mean, you see it even with some of the things I've seen going by with the COVID, you know, people just leave their waste out everywhere and um, it's really bad for the planet. And hopefully um, people will start to change their minds, you know, if, you, if they're going to go to have a picnic and stuff. And I understand, you know, COVID has been frustrational for a lot of folks, especially for a lot of young folks, because that's a different generation than, let's say, than my generation and, and, and probably your generation as well. We, I think we had a little bit more value about what's there. We are living now in a time where uh, the, the younger generation don't realize how lucky they are and how spoiled they've been. And now COVID has come along and it's, it's, I think it's starting to open up the, the minds of people a little bit more. And yeah. hopefully they will uh, start to be a little bit more responsible 
uh, towards the planet as well as towards each other. Well, let's let's move on to something which I know is very big for you. And uh, you have a fantastic passion for music. You love, of course, natural health. Dancing is also a big hobby of yours. You like photography. How do you find all the time to fit that in such a busy schedule? Because I know you're on the go a lot and, and you're working also, I think, for the local government as far as the environment. You have a very busy schedule. How do you combine it all together? Well... I was lucky and unlucky to have had some burnouts at work, which were due to uh, a lawsuit which I got involved in. And finally, my doctors uh, advised me to stop working, which means that I have a lot of time left. um, As I'm interested in a lot of things, I have started some courses. So I followed a course as massage therapist. Um, I followed a four-year course as an artistic dynamic coach, and uh, I'm doing a lot of voluntary work in the city where I live, where there is a castle, and uh, it's owned by the government, but it's run by volunteers. And at the castle, we organize events, uh, trade trade fairs, concerts, uh, parties as well. Uh, there are people who come there to give readings about certain subjects. And uh, we also organize activities for children, like searches and creative activities and so on. And I'm in the work group there organizing all these events. And I'm also working in the work group catering. Yeah, it's a beautiful location because I, I have played for the uh, one of the music festivals that you all uh, had at the time with uh, Soul Sister and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fantastic, uh, beautiful castle. I've taken pictures actually of it as well. You know that <laughs> it's a really beautiful area and uh, uh, wow, it's, 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 it's a very peaceful place to, uh, to explore and to experience. You mentioned to me once about this special, it's like meditation dancing, or can you tell a little bit about that? (laughs) Well, in fact, music was my first love and it will certainly be my last. I always say I could sing before I could talk, my mama always said. (laughs) I was humming songs in in my bed when when I was a little little child. And... um, I like to dance. My father was a guitarist, a uh, singer in a group, and my mother was a very good dancer, and she learned her daughters very early how to dance, jive and swing and so on. So I like to go dancing, the classic dances during the weekends when I go out. I also learned salsa and tango, the South American dances, which I like also a lot. Um, I learned to play the guitar, and I sang in uh, in some uh, cover bands, uh, but what I do actually is dancing bio danza. Yeah, and what is bio dance exactly? What is that? Something which is created by a South American psychiatrist uh, who is called Rolando Toro, and he has explored that a lot of people were not really good at talking about their problems, but they could dance their problems out of, out of their body. It's a kind of a dancing creatively, following your own feelings, following the melody or the rhythm of the dance. Right. And it can be very different dances like African dances, South American dances, uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. In fact, it's a creative process where you um, follow your feelings and following your feelings, you create a dance. 
Okay, but you follow that, but you, but that's more of a freestyle. And following uh, the rhythm really. and the lyrics, not not really the lyrics, but uh, uh, the melody of the song. Okay, that's interesting. I think to, for the listeners to know that there's not a, a particular form, but it's basically a sort of freestyle dance with the with South American or any different styles of music mixed together. It's completely freestyle. Yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, um, I've got one more question for you, which is the theme for the this week, which is about inspiration. And uh, I would like to know, and I think our listeners would also like to know. What does uh, inspiration mean to you? Well, I've been thinking about the subject um, and about what inspires me in life. Um, and I get my inspiration from people in most of the cases. Um, people with a passion and a goal in life to develop that passion. That's something that can really inspire me. In my uh, town where I used to live, there is a floral designer because I also do floral designing. Uh, there is a floral designer, which is called Tom de Hauer. Mm -hmm. And he used to have a flower shop, but now he gives workshops uh, all around the world. So creative. Every time I had an idea, I could go to him and I've, I, I, I talked to him about it. And uh, in a wink, he could give some ideas back to make the most beautiful floral designs. And he does big expositions, for instance, in, in South America, Asia, wherever. And, uh, well, that's one of the people who can really inspire me because he's so creative. Um, what also inspires me are stories about people who suffered during life and managed to get through. I read a lot of books from people all around the world, biographies, and uh, most of the biographies are um, written, um, how do I say it, with behind it, uh, the history of that country. Okay. You read a lot of uh, biographies with a historical background. Yeah, that's it, in fact. Yeah. I once read the book Wild Swans from uh, Jung Chang, which was a beautiful story about three generations of women in China mm -hmm. from the time that there were still emperors and that Mao Zedong took everything over. Oh, for instance, Pray, Eat, Love is also a, a real story and it can really inspire me to bring out the best of me. I also like to interact with people who can show vulnerability, who are sincere, open, honest and integer, who don't judge nor advise, just let people be who they are. And that can really inspire me as well. That's my spiritual part. Yeah, but that's a, that's one beautiful thing about you that, that, that I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and what also inspires me are people who are living close to nature. I truly believe and I truly hope that uh, more and more people will go back to nature and start living in communities. I think it's the future because we are, we are now in such an individual kind of living and I hope that it will change in the future again. All right. We've had the COVID season behind us and hopefully it's been an eye opener for a lot of people, you know, to rediscover the value of the simple things in life. For sure, because those are the most important things after all. Well, Martine, listen, it's been a pleasure talking with you and uh, you know, getting your story out to the listeners. I really appreciate it. And I value that very much as much like I value our friendship that we've developed. And uh, I uh, 
want to thank you again, you know, from the bottom of my heart for, for doing this interview. And, and actually a lot of, like I said, a lot of people don't know what goes on behind waste and, uh, uh people can find you on Facebook. Uh, do you have a website that they can reach you on or? I don't, but you can get them in touch with me if there are people who are reacting. I'll, I'll, I'll put your link on, I'll post your link on, uh, on my page. And uh, so the people can touch base with you. Okay, and, that's uh, great. Please, once again, thank, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show, sending you a lot of love, and uh, and hugs. And we'll definitely be talking to each other very soon. Okay, bye bye, Eddie. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my uh, second guest on the show today is. Uh, buddy of mine and we met actually at a jazz concert uh i was uh at this venue where the concert was and i wanted to know what time the gig started so i asked him in dutch and he answered me back in english he says uh oh uh i don't know yet maybe in a few minutes and so i asked i heard this american accent and so i said what part of the states are you coming from and he said indiana I said, man, yeah, I'm, I grew up in Indiana. And that was actually the beginning of our friendship. He's a wonderful guy. Please welcome Mr. David Pritchett. Hey, David, how you doing, buddy? Thanks, Eddie. Hey, you're a wonderful guy, too. Thanks, man. And I, I love the podcast. I mean, the a positive podcast, good idea. Everyone needs it. Thank you, buddy. Um, listen, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you did in the States and actually how did you actually end up coming to live in Belgium? Sure. Uh, well, in the U.S., I couldn't decide what I wanted to do in life. So I decided to do a lot of things and figured out as I went, you know, so it was kind of trial by error. So um, I managed a restaurant. I uh, started a record store. I started a DJ service. I DJed. I, uh, you know, did a lot of things. And uh, the only thing is I always kept going back to music because I always, you know, I always loved music. That was always one of the things in the background that, and I finally realized, well, I probably need to do something with music. So, you know, that's uh, what happened. And well, my daughter, she graduated from college and uh, I said, Hey, why don't we go on a nice trip just to father daughter, you know, and, uh, do a trip before you actually get a real job and have to work, you know, and then you might be able to get time off. So she says, hey, okay, that sounds like fun. What about Australia? And I went, wow, that's a long way off, you know. <laughs> that's quite a distance. Besides that, there's a lot of jet lag. I, I did research and I said, well, why do you want to go there? She said, because it's uh, got a lot of nature. I want to see a lot of beautiful nature. I said, well, what about someplace a little closer like Alaska? You know, I said, there's no jet lag. Uh, they speak English. Oh, well, I guess they do that in Australia, too. But I said, we'll have more time to see more nature rather than sleeping after all that jet lag. So anyway, she agreed. So we went to Alaska and uh, that's how I wound up in Belgium. You went on a boat cruise? Oh, yeah. We went on a cruise in, to Alaska and I wound up in Belgium because of that. Yeah, but there must be a little bit more behind that story. <laughs> Well, yeah, on the cruise, there was a lady from Belgium mm -hmm. who had uh, decided she wanted to see Alaska and she was there by herself. And 
we hit it off and she said, why don't you come visit me in Belgium? I said, okay, where is it? <laughs> you know, typical American thing. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I uh, did and we wound up getting married and uh, I moved to Belgium. So that's how I wound up here. Okay. All righty. You mentioned about some of the things that you've done. You've been a sort of an entrepreneur, more or less, with all kinds of different jobs and things. And I know you're... You know, you've got your hobbies that we've spoken about before are, you know, like your photography, uh, especially when it comes to shooting in nature and landscape photography. That's something that you do a lot of. Was that something that developed over the years or were you always into photography before you left the States and came to Belgium? Or is that something that developed at a later phase in your life? Well, actually, it came about uh, because of Alaska, because while I was there, I had this small camp. And there were so many beautiful pictures, and I was like, oh, my, you know, I need a better camera, you know. So as soon as I got back from that trip, I bought a better camera, and I then I really got into photography and uh, started looking for, you know, pictures everywhere, you know. And uh, I love nature. I really do. So I've always been, when I'm out, I'm always looking for a landscape or something that, you know, just... Uh, is unusual and that's that's what I, I love to take pictures of you do some beautiful work man i've seen some of your photography it's awesome man i know you also you do a lot of biking and the area where you're living at is close to the, the belgium coast so yes it's a it's a beautiful area to do a lot of biking and and everything and you also became over the years um, quite a beer connoisseur <laughs> yeah well uh I actually did some bike racing in the U.S. before I moved over here, you know, so that, okay. you know, I used to do a lot of riding there. And then when I came over for the beginning, I was more into getting used to Belgium, so I didn't ride as much. But then later I started riding a lot. And uh, now I still ride um, in the beer. I mean, if you live in Belgium, <laughs> how can you not get interested in beer? Because it's a small country, but they have like 450, 500 different kinds of beer. Which beer is your favorite one? Well, uh, actually, the West Fladeren is one of my favorites, uh, which is really hard to get because they don't brew um, too much. You know, they keep the, the limit. The limitation to it. Yeah, I know it's won some awards. It's one of the best beers. Best beer in the world, actually. It's a very good beer. <laughs> yes. You like it, too. <laughs> We've had a few together. We've had some <laughs> in the past. Yes, we have. I know that this one thing that, which is sort of like your main thing that you're doing now, uh, you're a fantastic writer. I've read some of your, you know, your lyrics. I also did a production with you. You did some writing together with, uh, with Jeff uh, Wisdom, who was also on the show. Uh, and that was sort of more or less a country uh, album. But do you uh, also write other types of music? Yeah, actually, I have uh, a lot of co-writers from all over the world. I mean, with the Internet, you can, you know, connect with people anywhere. You know, uh, I've got I've done songs with uh, writers in Australia and the U.S., Wales again, um, you know, Canada. Um, it's uh, mm -hmm. amazing what you can do, you know, w with the Internet. So it's a lot of fun, too. Like I said, your lyrics are very beautiful. I've actually been busy with some songs with you in the past with some of your lyrics, you know, even though I'm also a lyricist as well. But I, I like doing the, 
taking the distance sometimes away from that part and focusing on the music as well, along with the co-writing. Um, the other thing is, you know, how has the, yeah. the entertainment industry in your vision changed over the years? You know, because you did some DJing back in the day. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the house and dance. You were actually playing records without, you know, providing music for the people to be entertained compared to the way it is now where there's a whole lot of beats and stuff up under it and a lot of mixing going on, uh, the tr traditional uh, record DJ, you know, for parties and stuff. How has that changed for you as compared to the way it is now? Well, you know, uh, for me, I mean, uh, I, I was part of that, you know, I was selling the music and, and uh, DJing and providing a little bit of entertainment, you know, and then now, you know, I'm, I'm writing the music basically. So for me, it's changed. I went in a full circle from selling it to uh, actually uh, creating it, which is uh, something that I'd love to do. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, a lot of fun, you know, to write and write something that inspires people. I try to stay with the positive, just like your podcast. You know, I try to keep things uplifting and that have a a meaning behind them. That's not just noise, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand what you mean. I understand. You want to tell a message along with the uh, with the writing. You know, I've actually seen you perform some of your poetry, which is uh, quite nice. It's actually how I met Jeff, in fact, uh, this because he was there to perform. Well, this week's theme is basically talking about inspiration. That's our word for this week. Can you tell our listeners and me, you know, what inspiration means to you? Sure. Um, to me, you know, inspiration is if, if something really touches you, you know, uh, something you see, something you hear, something you read, or maybe watch a movie can do that. Uh, and a song can do that. It's if it touches you where you really feel it, you know, you're not just hearing it, but you really feel it inside. You know, to me, that is inspiration. And when you get inspired, I feel that then you have to share it, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you're inspired, you're going to inspire others mm -hmm. because it's kind of an automatic thing. You know, once you're touched, you, you just you've got to express it and, and share it. And to me, that's what inspiration is. Are you more inspired by your let's say by your surroundings, basically, or is it uh, because I mean, you mentioned the different things, but for your own personal value, uh, what is it that, let's say, gives you that extra inspiration? Well, actually, everything inspires me. I mean, life inspires me. Just being here, to me, is inspiring. Because it's amazing. I mean, to look out and see the sunset and look out and see a beautiful flower, or, you know, I mean, uh, and that's, I guess, where the photography comes in, you know, it's like, if I, if I see it, I like to take a, a picture of it, you know, but uh, inspiration can come from anywhere. And if you're open and you listen, it takes you out of your box. You know, a lot of people, they kind of live in a box and they don't get out of it, you know, until something actually knocks the box over or, you know, and if you will listen and observe and stay aware, there's inspiration everywhere. There really is. I always say use all five senses and use that sixth sense, which is your in intuition, you know, that's important as well. You know, that uh, 
makes it happen. That, yeah, that, that's probably the most important, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, listen, David, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. And uh, the next time we'll get together, uh, whether it's up my way or whether it's down your way, we'll we'll meet up and have a beer and Sounds look good. at some nice sights. You know, look at some nice sights, and uh, I'll bring my camera with me as well, and we'll. We'll do some photography together, buddy. And we'll inspire each other. How's that sound? And that sounds fantastic, mate. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You're an, you're an inspiration to a lot of us. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my third guest for the today's show is uh, actually she's a bass player. She's a piano player making classical music, but her main profession was actually a sales technical manager. Please welcome my third guest for this week, Miss Ilsa van der Broek. Hi, Ilsa. Hey, Eddie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, I'm glad you want to share your story with us. Um, so let's get right into the questions. Um, okay. All right. Can you tell a bit about yourself? You know, you're being a, a technical sales manager and you ended up becoming a professional musician. How did that all come about? Well, I was always working as a technical salesperson in time and attendance and uh, access control. And at that time, I played the bass uh, as a hobby. So I started playing the bass guitar, I think, about five, six years ago. And um, I saw some uh, gigs and I was really uh, passionate about the bass. And um, at that time, my boyfriend had a bass guitar at our home because he played when he was 16 years old. So I asked him, how does it work with all that stripes and little dots on it? And so he explained it to me. I tried it out and once I felt (laughs) the bass in my stomach, Uh, I was really smitten. And then I took um, lessons for one year. After the year, I played together with uh, other musicians. And it was a kind of a little concert of uh, yeah, organized by the music school itself. And uh, for me, it was so much fun to share the music with mm-hmm. other musicians, to play together, to feel that vibe that uh, I said to my husband, this is really what I wanted to do. But at that time, it was a hobby. So um, we went uh, on the internet searching for some uh, cover bands or other bands who were in search of uh, a a bass player. Yeah, and then I contacted the group and um, I could do some uh, audition over there. And um, I learned by heart 10 songs in three days. And then, uh, yeah, it was the beginning of playing the bass guitar, let's say one or two weekends a month. Um, Yeah, and I was so passionate about it that at that time I hadn't uh, had that nice feeling anymore from my job. So um, I was doubting a lot, okay, can I not become a musician 100% professionally? Yes, indeed. Right, right. And um, yeah, it kept me busy. And then one day, um, the management of the company where I worked for 
changed and there were other rules and I didn't agree so much with those new rules. The atmosphere uh, was changing. And that was really the moment that I said to myself, hey, you only live once. And I, I wanted to do something that, uh, yeah, gives me a, a positive vibe. So I two years ago, I decided uh, one week before Christmas to quit my job and to become yeah professional musician. Oh, wow. Quite a story. And But not only are you playing bass, because when you're playing bass guitar, you're kind of performing basically with pop music and uh uh, commercial, more commercial music, right? With the bass, it's indeed, it's it's more like pop rock blues, um, the everyday songs uh, from Elvis to uh, CCR to Juke Cocker, uh, Tina Turner. So yes, okay. um, but because I decided to become a professional musician and I hadn't ever heard of COVID-19 at that time, mm-hmm. Um, it became uh, a little bit of a problem because we couldn't rehearse anymore. There were uh, were no gigs anymore. Um, so I decided to um, play the piano again because I did it when I was 14, 15 years old, but I didn't do much uh, with it. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I started playing the piano again. I already composed some uh, classical songs when I was 14, 15, I think, but didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so now I decided to uh, produce my own uh, debut album with classical piano music. Okay. That's quite a change from the bass guitar with the pop music. You also have a sort of an alias name for your classical music, right? You don't go under the name Ilse van den Broek as a classical piano. You have another name that you're using. Yes. For my piano project, I, I use uh, Elizabeth Wolf mm-hmm. because Ilse, it comes from Elizabeth. And um, I wanted to yeah, do something international as well because the piano music, I don't sing. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah universal. So I wanted to share my music with the whole world and not only stay in Belgium or in the Netherlands. So I used Elizabeth because it's more international. And Wolf, because um, my mother's name is The Wolf. And uh, yeah, I found that it was uh, a strong name. Mm-hmm classical name. There is a a good vibe, yeah, kind of strength uh, behind it. Yes. Okay. So you're functioning as bass player on Ilse van den Broek and as classical uh, musician under the name uh, Elizabeth the Wolf. All right. That's cool, man. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. So let me ask you another question about that because what do you prefer? I mean, uh, I know COVID has changed a lot for all of us, you know, especially in a creative world as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, we are all uh, reinventing ourselves more or less. So how has that affected you uh, as a musician? And do you ever have any thoughts about going back to your old job again? Or no, never. <laughs> Luckily, no, never. I can I can answer that question very easy and very uh, quick. No, it's the best decision uh, in my life. Um, I won't be lying if I say, yeah, it, it's not always so easy because um, you are dreaming about a career 
as a musician. And because of COVID-19, it isn't possible anymore. So right. you have to be, like you said, very creative and stay very positive. I'm lucky that I have a very positive uh, character. And I always try to see the good things in uh, people, in situations. So that, that helped me a lot. But for me, it's um, the vibe and the feeling that is important. So in the morning when I wake up and it's a very sunny day and I feel like sitting at my piano to play a little bit and compose some songs then I play the piano but some days I feel more like playing uh, the bass guitar and then I'm playing bass but mm -hmm. my favorite I think is still the bass because that's really my instrument and especially because when you play you really can feel it you you feel the vibration of uh, the low tones and yes right right yeah yes it's it's a fantastic instrument I, I actually have a bass guitar as well but I don't get this. I don't spend much time on it as I should, you know, to pick up to pick up on it, you know, properly. But it's it's a wonderful instrument to have as a as an extra tool, especially yes. with, uh, as a musician. To uh, and it's nice for composing, especially if you're going to do the funky poppy kind of things. A lot of songs are based on bass lines, you know. That's uh, yes. That's how it goes. Well, it, well, how do you? I know you've got a, a few kids, so how do you combine family life? uh with you know with your music and are they playing music as well they did a few years ago but um because now they are going to high school uh they have more work for school and they like to uh do some sports as well so they had to choose um, they're enjoying uh, making music together with other people, but when they have to practice at home and it costs some uh, energy, I think they are a little bit lazy maybe. So right now <laughs> they choose just to be together with their friends, to game a little bit, to be outside, do some sports. And uh, But I, I won't push them uh, neither because I, I don't believe that pushing is the solution. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a rehearsal uh, room in our house. There uh, is a drum, there are guitars, uh, bass, there is a piano. So everything is available. All and right. uh, I hope that one day they uh, will pick it up again. Yes. Well, that would be wonderful. What are the ages? Are they, uh, they're like young teenagers now or? Yes, they are 13 and 14 years old. Oh, well, yeah. Yes. Well, that's what am I going to do age, you know? And, uh, of course, gaming is a big thing with uh, with the youth today and uh, the getting out there with the smartphones and stuff. But uh, that's wonderful if they, they have the opportunity to going, you know, join back to the music. And they have a good support base because your, your husband is also a musician part-time as well, right? Uh, he, he still does it as a hobby um, right now. Actually, he's learning uh, all the songs of one or two of my bands where uh, I'm playing in mm -hmm. because, yeah, I want to perform practically every weekend when it's possible again. So we hope actually that um, one day it can become a little problem that I have to play with two or three bands at the same time which is not possible, of course. And then he can uh, be my... Um, Your substitute. 
my substitute. Uh, yes. Wow. That's, that's quite amazing because your husband actually was the one who started you on the base. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And, and now you become from being the student to being the teacher. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's how it went. Oh. But uh, he says that I have uh, much more talent than he ever did. And uh, he, su he supports it. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, it's great when your partner can support you in what you're doing. You got the backup from your family. Your, and your kids, they like to see you perform as well, I'm sure. Yes, they're very, very proud. Because we have a big picture in our living room where I play the, the bass. And every time their friends come and, and, and they, they see the picture, they say, hey, Right there, that's rock chick, that's uh, our mom. <laughs> so they are very proud. All right, yes. fantastic. I've got one more question before uh, before I let you go. And, uh, and that is, uh, of course, we have our theme, which is this week based on inspiration. And so what does inspiration mean to you? For me, it's a very, very difficult question because a lot of people ask me, Ilse, when you compose uh, your piano songs, how you do it? How goes the, the process? And to be honest, it's very difficult to give a, a clear answer because sometimes I'm at my piano and I feel that um, something is coming in to me. I can't explain really what or how mm -hmm. or... And then my hands are playing um, a chord or a melody. And I know that I have a good um, mm -hmm. hearing. So when I hear something and I say, okay, it sounds pretty good. I start searching um, for more melody or, or to, to find some follow-up. Right. And um, but the inspiration, I feel it's it's like um, a vibe right. that I capture somehow. Sometimes I think about an animal, for example, when I go uh, outside and and we are going to have a, a walk, and I hear some birds singing. It can be an inspiration. Mm -hmm. A color can be an inspiration. Um, but it's a good question, uh, Eddie, and it's not so difficult to give you a, a plain answer. But uh, it's more like a, a feeling I think okay I'm a very emotional person yes and I, I really let the feelings in the days that I'm, I'm open to uh, to feel the things and, and then uh, I compose uh, some music yes sure things outside of your music what, what inspires you what does that mean for you in, in general? I mean, outside of just making your music? Well, especially my kids, they like to listen when I, I'm composing a new song and then I ask their opinion. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. they they know very well what, what, what they want and they are honest with me. So uh, they, yeah, they share their feelings and their thoughts and then uh, that can be a really good inspiration as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, listen, Ilsa, I am so glad that you took the time out to uh, to join us this week. And uh, I'm sure my listeners will uh, be inspired by your, your little story you've told us. And uh, I want to wish you the best of luck with your career. I know we're going to be doing a collaboration as soon as the COVID thing is lifted and we can finally get together to do some uh, some playing together with the with the classical music. Yes, I look forward to it. Yeah, my message to uh, your listeners is that to uh, follow every dream because when you try hard and you believe in it, lots of things are possible. Okay, before you go, uh, you have a website that people can find you on. 
Yes, they can visit me at uh, www.elizabethwolf.com and on Facebook when they type Elizabeth Wolf Piano, they can see the projects uh, I am doing. They can contact me, send me a mail, leave some uh, comments. Uh, Yeah, feel free to to find me and uh, to contact me. Okay, fantastic. Thank you again for this inspirational talk with you. And uh, I want to wish you all the best. And we'll be making some music together pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you, you, Eddie. A lot of love to you and the family. Take care, Eddie. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Wow, I really enjoyed my guest this week, and I hope you did as well. As you know, there's always a theme for the week, and this week's theme is inspiration. So here's my quote. Well, that's it for this week's show. But before I go, I'd like to thank my guests, Martine the Prince, David Pritchett, and Ilse Vandenbroek for coming on my positive podcast. And remember, inspiration, it's whatever you make it, as long as you share it. You can find me on all platforms like Spotify, Android, and Apple. On Facebook, look for My Positive Podcast. And my website is mypositivepodcast.com. You can also contact me via my website or Facebook. A very special thanks to my technical producer, Iswan. This show is a production by Antwerp Podcast Service. My name is Eddie C. And this was MPP, My Positive Podcast. Tune in next week and stay positive.